we defend those that we love, and we love God. In fact, we love Him supremely. We want to defend God a little more this evening. So we're thankful to have this opportunity. People have objections to following God, and I want to notice one of those with you this evening. So this objection, objection goes like this. There is the thought that God is hidden, that God is at a distance. And it might be explained a little bit like this. If your God is the God that you claim that He is, then why is that not obvious to everybody? Why is he at such a distance? Why is he hidden? If your God is the God that you claim him to be, then why hasn't he revealed himself uh, to everyone? And so the object, objection here is, why is your God hidden? And why is he at such a distance? We'll talk more about this, but... Here's the first question for us this evening. The distance between us and God, why is that a reality? Why is there a distance? Why is there a distance between us and God? Okay, go. Who's going to answer that? Okay. Isaiah 59. 59, 1 and 2. Your sins have separated between you and your God, your iniquities and sins. They have hid his face from you, and he cannot even hear um, your prayers. We remember when sin first came into the world, Genesis 3 and verse 8, God walking in the garden. But Adam and Eve went and hid themselves. And then you keep reading in Genesis 3, 22, 23, and 24, God drives Adam and Eve out of the garden. So they were once in the Garden of Eden, and God was walking among them, but they sinned, and they were driven out of the garden. So the distance between us and God is because of sin. Let's think about a couple of other Passages. Let's think about Isaiah 53 and verse 6. If you want to take your Bibles and look quickly, Isaiah 53 and verse 6. This is the prophecy, the familiar prophecy of our Lord Jesus and his sufferings. But someone tell us, what does Isaiah 53 and verse 6 say? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. 
There is a distance between us and God. And it is, of course, because of sin. We can also read from Ecclesiastes 7 and 29, which says, This alone I have found that God made man upright, but man has sought out many schemes. And we have, and mankind has. God made us upright. He made us in His own image. We created a distance. In Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3, you'll recall that Paul speaks of our time before Christ. And he says we were dead in sin. And we simply recall the fact that death basically means a separation. When we die physically, James tells us in James 2.26, that is a separation of the soul from the body, the spirit from the body. And so death is a separation. Spiritual death is a separation between us and God. Okay, very good. Psalm 73, 27, Sam brings up. Those who are far from thee shall perish. Okay. And perishing comes as a result of sin. Okay. I'd like for us to read together Romans 1. Romans 1, as we get this just firmly in our mind. Romans chapter 1. God can be resisted. He is good. He is good. But he can be resisted. As you go over to Romans 1, you might recall Acts 7, 51, where Stephen, he said, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. God can be resisted. Romans 1, 21 For although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, neither did they give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the, the glory of the incorruptible God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. And so man has twisted things since those early days in the Garden of Eden. So we can resist God, we can twist things, and we cause a huge gap, a gulf, if you will, between us and God. Now, notice here what happens according to Paul automatically. He says we find God substitutes. We exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for all kinds of things, such as, such as, what does he say here? Images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles, and other things. This is part of our gratefulness to our Lord Jesus because of his death, then this this gap can be closed between us and God. It's the only way. It is, it is the only way to find a solution. It's the only solution out there uh, that exists. So we're so thankful 
uh, for that. But in our lesson tonight, we're thinking about, well, someone says, I, I'm not going to follow your God. He, he seems so elusive. He's, he seems so distant. He seems so uh, out there. And so we first just ask the question, well, there is a distance, and why is that distance? Why, why does it uh, exist? Now, let's ask another question, but first let me say this. Part of the reasoning here is that someone will say, well, I would believe if, if, if I could be back there right in the very presence of Christ like Thomas. You know, like Thomas. Thomas was able to reach out and touch the wounds of Jesus and feel of his body and see it right there, see all of, all of Jesus right there in front of him. If I had been back there, if I could be back there, or if Jesus could just remain on earth for us to see him, then I would believe and more people would believe. Okay, so the question to you is, is that true? Is that true? Just like then to find ways to explain it away. So just being back there in the presence of the Lord doesn't necessarily. Okay. Well, it would be, it would be, it is interesting to think about Thomas and being right there in person uh, with the Lord. But. Um, but so was Judas, right? Judas, let me ask you this. Could Judas do the miracles? Did Judas have the power? No. So the devil entered into it. Probably did. You changed your mind? Let's look right quick. Uh, Luke chapter uh, 6. Luke chapter 6. Notice that the list of the apostles is given in Luke 6, verses 12 to 16. This is when Jesus stayed up all night and prayed, and then he selected his apostles. Notice verse 16, Luke 6, 16. Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, the one who became a traitor, the one who betrayed him. Now, just turn your page a few pages and look at Luke 9 verse 1. Luke 9 verse 1. It says, what does it say there? It says, uh, Jesus called the twelve apostles together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So yeah, Judas had all that power that the Lord gave him, but he betrayed the Lord. He turned away from the Lord. As he, was, as he had that power, he also had something very deceptive in his heart. And that deception, that um, sense of betrayal grew in him to where finally he would end up going out and hanging himself. So it's not necessarily the case if we had been there or if Jesus was right here in person that people would just automatically believe. Let's go a little further. What if somebody said, so 
So what Brent alluded to a second ago, what if somebody said, well, if I could actually, if I could actually behold a miracle, if I could actually see a real miracle, if I had been there in the days of the miracles, then there's no way I would, I would never doubt the Lord. Then I would certainly believe. And if the Lord would just make himself known like that today, more and more people would believe. Yeah, it's true. Even after you've done all the miracles, they still have to sign. Yeah, good point. Even after he'd done many miracles, they kept asking for a sign. Show us, show us a sign. Jesus didn't fit their mold then. He wouldn't today. And Brent was making reference to Acts 17, 27, where if they would seek after the Lord, then they would find him because he's not far from every one of us. Let's be reading together also John chapter 12. John 12. Yes, even after he raised Lazarus, they wanted to, to kill him. Let's look here in John 12, beginning in verse 37. John 12, 37. We'll, we'll be right here in the same context where Brother Paul uh, is. Notice verse 37. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still not, did not believe in him. So that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Now this takes us right back to Isaiah 53. Actually Isaiah 53 verse 1. Lord who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now arm there refers to power. Power. So the Lord would be coming. He did come. It was prophesied that he would come and he would show his power but even so, people would not 
believe. Okay. But then let's just keep reading here. Verse 39. Therefore they could not believe. Why is that? For again Isaiah says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, for they, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. That comes from Isaiah 6, verses 9 and 10. So notice what John is doing here. He's explaining why. He's explaining first, though they saw all these signs, they would not believe. But then he explains why. They hardened their hearts. They refused to see. Okay. So it's very uh, interesting. And then let's just keep reading here. Verse 41, John 12 Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Remember Isaiah 6, first several verses, Isaiah is, is given a vision of the throne and the um, angels are worshiping the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So that actually, we don't, as John's saying here, that actually was a reference to the Lord Jesus uh, before he ever came to this earth. So verse John 12, 42, Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So very true. Very true. And this sums it up for us. And, and if a person doesn't want to believe, then they just simply won't believe. Belief begins in the heart. And if you harden your heart, it don't matter what you see in front of you. Uh, if you harden your heart, then it's just not going to happen, is it? So... Sin is the culprit. But it is a beautiful description of heaven when you get way over to Genesis, um, Revelation 22, and you begin to read how that there'll be no more curse. No more curse in heaven. 
and uh, there'll be somewhat of the paradise restored um, in a spiritual way. So. John 12. He has blinded their eyes. Yeah, that's God. That's God. God has blinded their eyes. Right? Therefore they could not believe, for again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. Many times God is said to do something that He merely allows to be done. So that's what's happening here is He He brings the He brings the, the gospel, He brings His goodness, He brings His Son. But when people refuse it, then um, uh, sometimes the Bible describes that as God doing that, but he's just simply allowing it. To. Yeah, he allowed their eyes to be blind. He respects, he will always respect their choice. Yeah, very very similar to God. It's saying that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, when in fact Pharaoh was hardening his own heart. But that's just um, again, it's just the Bible's way of saying that God's going to respect their choice all the time, every time. He did the same. He does the same with us today. He will never force us uh, to follow Him, even though that is His heart's desire is for us to follow him, he will always respect us totally. Yeah. It's sad. It's very sad. But They could see that he was who he claimed to be, but their faith would not go far enough to make that bold and courageous stand. But they, that's what faith actually calls us to do. But they didn't go, their faith would not allow them to do that. They, didn't. they had weak faith. That is part of the mixture here is that the heart becomes hardened when you when you love the praise of men more than you do the praise of God. Yeah. 
So Brent mentioning that the trials is the the uh, introduction of trials into our lives. Our heart goes one way or the other. It can either make us stronger, or it can make us bitter and weaker. So and that's the same thing with the gospel. When the gospel comes in our, into our lives, or a new truth. You know, I'm still learning new truth from the scriptures, aren't you? When new truth comes into your into your lives, it's, you know, we'll either harden ourselves against it or we will open ourselves to it. Okay. All right. So let's think a little bit further here uh, this evening on our subject as we seek to defend our Lord. And, and the accusation is, well, he just, he's hidden. He's, uh, he's distant. And um, we've thought about how that, well, what has caused that distance? And then of course, um, if we had been there or if he was still here, would, would the percentage of belief be a lot different? And we're all saying, no, it would not be. Okay. Because belief is a matter of the heart. Okay. So let's go from there now and think about this question. How is it that God reveals his desire to be close to us? Okay. I want us to think along those lines. How is it? Does God want to be close to us? He does. What is it that he has done and is doing that shows that he wants to be close to us and that it's entirely possible for us to be close to him and he to us? Well, let's think about that just a second. What is it that Jesus said one time? I'm referring now to John 14. And um, Thomas and Philip are asking Jesus, show us the Father. Show us the Father. And what did Jesus say? Have I been with you all this time and you still do not know me? He did say that. What else did he say? Okay. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So one thing the Lord has done to draw close to us is to send his Son. Send his Son. Look at, look at John, and not just John 14, but look back to John chapter 8. John 8. And let's look down to verse... 19, you'll just simply want to mark these uh, in your Bible. But look at John 8, starting in verse 18. Jesus says, I am the one who, who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your Father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me you would know my Father also. John 8, verse 19. Jump over to John 12 again and look down to 
verse 44 and 45. John 12, 44 and 45. Jesus said, he cried out and said, whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And then verse 45. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. And we can multiply passages along that line, but, but one thing we know God has done is He wants to show us who He is, but He chose to do that through His Son. Through His Son. Okay. And so, if, a, if we want to be close to God, then it would, it would uh, behoove us to just know as much about the Lord Jesus as we possibly can. To see how Jesus is revealed in prophecy, to see him from, from his birth, every detail that we can find and we can remember and think and, and learn all throughout his life. See what, see what is said about him in the sermons in the book of Acts and see what is said about him, Paul and Peter and, and John and the, James and the epistles. Learn about the, the more we learn about Jesus, then the more, the closer we feel to God. So that's one thing God has done is sent his son to live on this earth and he has recorded that for us. And what a marvelous God we have who, who has done this for us. Okay. While we're right here in John 14, well, jump over to John 14. Look down to verse, some of the words of Jesus here in John 14. Um, some of my favorite passages here. Um, just, we'll just read 23. I was going to start up in 21, but then Judas interrupts here, and I just don't feel like reading about Judas. So look at 23. Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and notice this, and we will come in to him and make our home with him. Some of the translations have abode. We will make our abode with him. We will make our home with him. Now, what is it that happens there? Whoever loves the Lord and keeps his word. And so another thing that can happen here is if we obey the Lord out of love, then we will be drawn closer to the Lord, closer and closer to the Lord. There's something about reading about God but there's something that draws us closer to God in that we, we obey Him. The more we obey, the more we understand. Okay. We, can't just, we, can't just, um, we can't just read the Bible in an academic way. It has to be carried out. We've got to read the Bible and then get out and try to find somebody to help, try to be like the Lord. And the more we do that, then the closer we feel to the Lord, the, the more we understand the Lord, the more we do His will, the more we understand. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 2, verse 3. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Unless we taste, unless we get involved in carrying out the will, we won't see just how good the Lord is. But when we get involved in people's lives and get involved in carrying out His will, then the closer we feel to him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. First John 2, 
Yeah, please read that. I was just about to turn over there. First John 2, was it, verse 3? Yeah. 3, 4, and 5? Let's, let's, let's read together. Chris can read First John 2, 3, 4, and 5 for us. So you're bringing that up to go along with what? Yeah, because it says by, we, we know him by our Okay. How do we know that we know the Lord when we keep his commandments, when we are involved in his, his will? We will feel closer uh, to him. Okay, we will understand him more and more. Okay. So feeling closer to God through Jesus, feeling closer to God through obedience, but also feeling closer to God through faith through faith. Does the New Testament promise us that God is, is, is here, that God is with us? Does the New Testament promise that? Do you believe that God is, is close by? Okay. Can you think of a verse or two that brings that out? Is, is God close by? You know, doesn't Paul teach us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that we walk by faith, not by sight? Okay. Keeping that in mind, do you believe that God is close by? And how do you know that He is? Well, the Lord dwells within us. Right? God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is in us. Holy Spirit's in us, but wouldn't you say that God is in us? Yes. Yeah, and you'd be right. James 4, verse 8. What does that say? That's a great promise. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Where's the verses, though, that, that have that God is close by? The Lord is close by. He's at hand. He's at hand. Philippians 4 verse 5. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. What about at the end of the Great Commission? What does he say? I'll be, all, I'll, I'll be with you always even to the end of the, end of the ages, end of the world. Okay. Hebrews uh, 13, 5 and 6, the apostle says, stay away from greed. And then he says, for I will never, what? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Okay. So through faith, the Lord draws near to them who have faith. This is, this is sometimes the hard faith, hard faith. Do we believe that God is close by, that He's near? And way back in Psalm 139, we, we understand that God is omnipresent. What's the difference, Chris, in talking about God being omnipresent and talking about Him being near His people? What do you think? What's the, 
Omnipresent, that's part of the greatness of God. But Chris was saying, said, he said in a good way, that this is, this is more personal. This is, this is our relationship with God. God is close by. He's right here. He's right here. He's right next to you. And when you, when you pray, it's an amazing thing to think about. Some people have the idea that God just acted in history and he revealed his will and then he backed off. And he said, here's my will and then go at it and, and uh, use your own reasonings and, and um, I'll see you at Judgment Day. But is that how it is? According to Jeremiah. Read 24 with that. And then hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. So Brent's bringing up a, a, a good passage there in Jeremiah 23, 23, and, and verse 24 as well, challenging the people that they can't hide from God. You know, he is omnipresent. Can't hide from God. On the other side, there is following God and knowing that He is He is close by, and as we do His will, He is He is with us all the way. All right. Before I go ahead. So that's a good point, Brent, saying that, that one reason we know that God is near is because He, he forgives us. And there's, it goes back to the sin aspect. There's no way of Him being near. God cannot be near to sin. But through, through His Son, through the blood of His Son, through the resurrection, through our submission, then there can be that closeness. So it is all about forgiveness. Ephesians 4 and verse 6 says, there is one God and one Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. And being a Christian, that's, that's the promise. Okay. He is above all, through all, and in you all. He is very close by.
appreciate Brother Paul mentioning that, that, that our obedience is God working through us. Okay. And the, the body aspect of the church, you know, Ephesians 1, um, he's the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness that fills him all in all. The body is carrying out the will of the head. Hmm. It's very good. Okay. I just never know what you're going to say. Philippians 2. That's good. That's good. Philippians 2.13. Here's what Paul says. It is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. He is very much close by. So think about different ways in which God has, has said, I want to be close to you. Well, He brings Jesus... Okay. And then he says, if you obey and submit to me, you will feel close uh, to me. Right. And then he just simply says, I am close by. I am close by. He wants us to be in the closest place that would be available. He wants us to be in heaven. He wants us to be right there with his throne. That's it. He's, just everything that he does shows that, that he wants to be close to us. He doesn't want any distance between us and him. Hmm? It is a process. Okay, it's not just it's not just uh, one thing, or uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Okay. Thank you guys so much for discussing these matters. There's much more we can say about this, of course, but I wanted us to understand that it is a reality out there in the society. Many people feel that God is distant and we'll have the opportunity from time to time to show them that He is not distant. He has gone to great lengths. He's gone to great work. Um, everything that He has done is to bring closeness between us and Him.